1: Buy a ticket and go to the performance, but you'll only be watching the dress rehearsal. This is the Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name's Elliot Alex I'm on Twitter, Inc. Gunner. That's right. You can get a ticket to see the Manchester City game, and you can go to the stadium, and you can watch it. In fact, it's probably pretty easy to do that at the empty head, but that's another story. The point is, you'll be watching the dress rehearsal because it is the big Premier League fixtures on the horizon that seem poised to determine the title this season. And so... We, we ask that age-old question. That old question that keeps us arguing with each other on social media. To be fair, you could literally ask, like, you know, is the sky blue? And that would keep us arguing with each other on social media. But the age-old question is, does a winning culture matter? Do you need to win games to go on and win other games? Or do you find ways to prioritize the competitions that matter and that don't? I suspect we know what Mikel Arteta thinks we're going to find out what Clive thinks. He's on Twitter at Clive PFC. Hello, Clive. Hello, 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 Clive. Um, uh, I do want to let you know that over on the Patreon side, we did our rewatch video of the United game, and it was every bit as good and enjoyable uh, as I recall. Uh, stats guy and a civilian, which is basically Paul and Scott being wackos, and people love it. And and it, you know, like my tastes are unconventional, is the line that comes across when I think about that. But that's out there and available as well. And we'd love to have you there, but if we can't have you there, we're just thrilled to have you here. We're gonna have a nice little chat today about the City game tomorrow about how to win the title did a little maths notice i put the s on there so so people from the other side of the pond won't give me won't give me crap i did a little maths or math (laughs) your mileage may vary on what it's going to take to win the title we're going to talk about that and we'll do a little transfer nonsense so clive um first things first though uh eric ten hog convinced that uh the the result against his team was was not a just one because we only had shots from distance um to be fair Every distance is a distance. So even a short distance is a distance. Technically, is correct. Just the 20 shots from inside the box. Any quick um, afterglow thoughts on the win over United? I think having rewatched it with you yesterday, it just reminds me that the reason I love our football so much is I, I've always said this. I think it is what you call high-percentage football. If you play that way for 90 minutes, you just make it more likely that your team is going to score more goals than the other team.
2: Yeah, it's interesting watching Ten Hag assessed the game. He seems to have uh, really focused on his own people, maybe trying to create his own winning culture, really focusing on what they did wrong. Well, they didn't do it enough right. Um, I don't I think, think that, mm-hmm. they respected us fully because you wouldn't play Anthony in a game like that and have Ericsson as part of almost like a double pivot, playing against the best 21-year-old in the league. You just wouldn't do that. But they focused on what they would want to do. And they thought they would you get Ericsson on the ball and get Fernandez on the ball and they can ping it forward through to Rashford, hoping that v would keep us occupied and, and make us go to sleep. We didn't really work. Ericsson needed an iron lung. Fernandez didn't want to run back. Uh, Anthony was playing in his, I think he was playing with the daisies coming out the pitch. You know, not sure what he was doing. And, um, so they had too many people not at it for the roles that they were asked to do. And we over, overran them and. There's been lots of great analysis about the game. What I will say is there's been a rush to create the old rivalry, you know, between Arsenal and Man United, as if our projects are on the same level. And they're not. And two days, you know, a few days down the road, it's obvious that they're not. I think Ten Hag will get there. But the one thing I think they may fall down on is talent ID. And going to the Dutch League, I don't think that's the right thing to do to get to the top of the Premier League. You know, so I think there are some players there that are not quite going to take them to the promised land, and some of the older players will tail away. So I think there's work to do. Manchester United have cash. They have the ability to raise cash, um, so there's no problems. I'm not going to cry for them, but they're not where we are. And I think, um, no. I think that was clear to me.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing watching it again is, forget what we create for a minute. You can make the argument, oh, most of our shots were blocked, or they were good shots, or they were bad shots, or whatever you want to say about the 25 shots, 20 from inside the box that we created. What's striking is how little they created. What's striking is how we forced them to go long to nobody, how their outlet sunk deeper and deeper. And it was similar to the Spurs game, actually, um, You know, until we were protecting a lead. The way our football restricts opposition chances is what's interesting. Now, As you probably know if you're listening to this because we've talked about it before, when your opposition is primarily forced to play on the counter, when they do fashion a chance, it tends to be a higher quality chance, right? Because you're facing fewer defenders, uh, there's more space, more opportunity. But the way we restrict chances is really interesting. And it will be a fascinating match against Manchester City, the first of three, Clive, as we sort of pivot there. Because they are a team that creates a ton of chances. We are a team that creates it ton of chances and both of us are teams that restrict chances but give away some more types of chances at the other end that can be high quality and it really is a mirror image i think think arteta's football is different from peps football but certainly the way we want to control games control territory and move our resources up into the attacking third is similar here's where yeah. my head's at with this game tomorrow as we sit recording this it's not so much that I think throw the game, get out of the cup. Like you could make an argument being out of the cup would be better for us in the title race, but that's neither here nor there. And I don't want to get to the, do you have to win games to create a winning culture question yet? I think there is a fascinating tactical issue here, Clive. If we go full strength, play our full team, play our full way, you give Pep and his players a really good dress rehearsal for what they're going to have to do two times when it matters in the league. But if you rotate, And maybe you play a little on the counter more. You know, you tell your guys, we're going to sit in our low block a little more than we usually do. We're going to press a little less. We're going to counter a little more. Maybe win. You never know. But what you don't do is you don't give them a really good feel in a hot game environment of what playing Arsenal this season is like. So that when we come to the next game, it's familiar to them. I'd like to come to that first league game where what they're facing from us feels very, un- I mean, look, you can look at it on video, you can get a sense of it, but it's different when you're on the pitch, right? So what do you think about that component, the chess match of not wanting to give city too much of a, a an understanding of what they'll be facing when the games, I mean, when the games with a big, big prize come, come into the picture.
2: Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. And really, really appreciate that thinking. I think for me, The number one thing I'll be doing if I was a manager is squad management. And not only the rotation angle, but there are a lot of very, very good players on our bench who are incredibly happy. But they'll be incredibly happy because they know they've got a game coming up. If they don't have that game, the risk of the squad harmony could, could come in. You know, everyone wants to play. They work every day. They've worked for years to get to this level. They want to play. They sat on the bench watching the game of the season. And some of them would have hoped for minutes. They didn't get any minutes. But they're really hoping for minutes now to show what they can do to really get the managers trust. If we don't use the squad, we don't create opportunities. I think it's very important that we all want depth. We all want to see us be stronger on the bench. Well, how do we know how strong we are on the bench until we play them? So you, for me, you have to play them. And then, of course, there, there are two separate occasions. One will be at City's Ground, one will be at our ground. And we can change the music when they come to our ground. We can not only change the personnel, but we can change the music. And I think that's very important. The atmosphere, if it's anything like Sunday, if that's on, I think it's on a Wednesday night, 15th of Feb. Well... There'll be uh, lots of people yeah. leaving work, half day job, you know what I mean? And there'll be one of those and um, it'll be crackling. It'll be crackling. So I think we can really change the whole vibe and I'm with you. I, I, I've i sat here and said we've got to build a, an elite mentality every three day job type of thing but I'm also very conscious that we are 100 point tracking Arsenal Football Club that has a moment in time and... I want us to manage that really cleverly and smartly. I there's there's no issues for me to um, take people out, key people, and then play other people and see what they've got and discover them, discover what they are. I think it's very important we do that for squad management.
1: Yeah, I, I think there there's the reality too that this is a chance in a game that will be very hard, but in a game where the stakes are lower in a weird way to see you know, what an Emil Smith-Rowe has to give you, a Troussard has to give you, a Vieira has to give you, right? Like, because if you play them in the first leg of a Europa League Cup tie, let's say against a very low-level opposition, does that make you confident to play them against Southampton in the league or, or, God forbid, you know, Newcastle or Chelsea in the league? Maybe not. But if you play them in the FA Cup at the Etihad, even if it's against a weakened city, we know this, there's no weakened city, right? There's only different city. Yeah. There's only different types of strong city. If you play them there and they excel, I think it does give you confidence to use them in games that matter and start them in games that matter. So I think there's a big advantage there. Um, I don't think you ever, you know, look, I'm not saying throw the game, lose 7-0. No. And I, I think there is a fear that, well, and certainly once upon a time, an Arsenal team that rotated to go to the Etihad could have gotten smashed. I think with this coach, with, with our system, and with the players we have now, that's less likely. Um, you know, I think, as I mentioned, Smith Rowe, Vieira, Tressard, those are good players. Um, do I think that you want to play a Sambi Laconga at the Etihad? Like, you know, I, I think we've seen that he's had some rough moments at Arsenal in, in big games, like at Anfield, and he hasn't been in the team. So I don't know about that. Or Rob Holding, that's a little harder. You're going to give someone like a key viewer his debut at the Etihad. I don't, I don't think you want to be doing that.
2: Well, so right, well, right, I my ex- view is why not? just mm, go okay. like, uh, yeah why not why you spent money on them they're assets to the club why not yeah. don't worry yeah. about it you know, show no fear just play with courage right and you know just play them I, it's very important as a young as a pro that you play it's so important and if you feel as though you can't, you're you not going to play the hope goes and it's it's so important you can't take the hope away from people they want to be trusted yet Sammy's had some issues and I worry about his energy that he transmits to us all but if he's sitting there watching the energies of the other players, he'd be a fool not to say, well, you know what, next time I get on that pitch, I'm going to give it a bit more. I'm going to move it a bit sharp. I'm going to try to get to my levels. Because he has done it in the past. He just lost himself for a period. It can come back. You know, it can. You know, and Rob Holding, Rob's, Rob's a key player in the, in the squad. You know, a key glue factor in the squad. Respect him. Play him. I don't care, right? I don't care. Play him. You know, trust them it doesn't work out, what do we lose? You know, I said on Twitter, I think you get five million pounds for winning the FA Cup. If we win the league, all those guys will be on the stage and they'll be immortal. right? And that's the key for me. That's the key. And Champions League, win the league, you will never forget them, forever. That happens.
1: Um, and, and I mean, look, the winning culture thing, I, I understand the argument, and I understand the value of it. Arsenal have won the FA Cup four times in the last decade, and had Arguably our worst decade in club history. <laughs> so, well, I shouldn't say club history. In recent club history that I can look back on and remember. Um, Manchester City, who have been all conquering in the Premier League have won at once, right? And haven't been close in, ma- in many of the cases, haven't even made the final in many. So I-, I think the argument that you need to win these kind of games to go on to win other games has been proven, not proven wrong, but is not validated by or confirmed by the evidence. Yeah. Um, I do think prioritization is a thing. We know that Klopp has basically thrown away the FA Cup in many seasons when he prioritized other competitions to good effect. I want to – let's stay on the game and then I'll get to the bigger picture because I'm going somewhere with this. And I do think it is a shame, by the way. I think – is it both City games in the league or midweek games potentially or games where there's only three days rest for both teams between them? That's a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. But we have one more day rest than City do. For the, um, for the game at the Emirates. So that's, you know, maybe tiny, tiny advantage. I would just like to go into that game not only with the advantage of our quality and our best strength, but also maybe just a little bit of a surprise factor of what we really can do to them. So l- let's pick it. Let's do it right now. What team would you pick? And maybe as you go oh, through it, crikey. tell me whether you think, <laughs> n- not what he will pick, what you would pick. And, and well, would whether think. you okay. think um, he's going to go with, with the quote-unquote full strength.
2: So this is what I would do. <laughs> he's going to he's going to cause a storm this will. Mm-hmm. So I, I would play. I'd play Matt Turner in goal, you know, the, and I would go uh, Tom Yasu right back T&E left back. I would go holding and Kivior. Kivior? I'd okay. give him a go. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be adverse to um Salibra and Kivior starting or Salibra and Holding starting it, it wouldn't work. I think Salibra's the one the first team one that that could play you know so um i think that'll be the that'll be the smart thing to do and give gabriel a day off because he never seems to get one can i
1: can i ask you a question about that just real quick mm-hmm. Clive. if holland starts do you think it's an advantage to our first choice defenders to get a little dress rehearsal playing holland he's such a unique threat like you could say, well, if he destroys you, your confidence is shot when you come up against him again. But I, I do think to my point about not wanting to come up against things cold. You might want Gabriel and Saliba to get a feel of what it's like playing against Holland. And and this is a weird one because we don't play again for what is it eight days or something. So yeah, uh, yeah, you know, from you a could, fitness could, standpoint, I don't think it's an issue.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could you could start with our first choice two at the back there, and then end the game with another two. You know, this we have the ability yep. to do that now. So so I'm quite relaxed about that to be honest. In in midfield I, I would try something slightly different in in midfield. You know, I I would like to see um I would like to see Shaka play in the six for one game mm. and just see what it looks like. And um and and I would play, you know, give Sambi a go and, and, and give Vieira a go, you know, in there. Um and I would go up front, I would I would probably stick with um um, Martinelli but I'd also give Trossard a go in one of the wide positions
1: false nine oh okay. you was playing false nine quite a bit for uh, for Brighton
2: right yeah he was but I'd give Trossard a go in one of the wide positions but I'd probably still stick with Martinelli and, um, and I would play Eddie up front I would play him up front you know so but I've also got a, a hunch for Trossard playing in the eight but we don't need to do it you know at this point in time we need to rest mm-hmm. our wide men you know, and make sure they're fit and healthy so take your choice it doesn't matter because we can always bring a wide man on you know and this is a good thing about five subs so picking a team is almost not that important it's how you want to end the game I feel they should all get a feel of playing against City you know I want the I want there to be a five sub job everyone get a feel of it you know and I think it's important they all feel part of it I would look at this game about us really focus on us I've been looking at City I've been watching how they play and they're precise, they they obviously do the business, but De Bruyne puts things on a plate. But they're not as ferocious pace-wise and energy-wise as they once were. They don't accelerate in wide areas, they're more controlled in wide areas. And so I, I think we can control the ball, particularly playing in the league. I think we've got so many controllers now. It's just so important those controllers are on the pitch. I'm talking Zinchenko, Party, Odegaard, Shaka, Saka. Martinelli, those boys control the football. You know, they know how to use, they play with different pace levels. And so I really think, as long as those guys are on the league game, that's all that matters to me. I think we'll take them. In the cup game, I think it's about learning about our players and where they are and making sure they feel included. I really, you know, Vieira was very close to breaking in, you know, and then suddenly there wasn't a slot for him. Smith need to find out where he is, you know, and. And see where Sambi is. Just find out. If they're not there, we'll know by the selection, and then we can either loan those players like Marquinhos and Sambi and loan them out for the window shuts, and the selection will tell us exactly where they fit. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, I think you got you got to try to start Troussard and Smith Rowe if you can. First of all, the Smith Rowe thing for for me is really interesting and important. If he doesn't start. I think the presumption is either he's still not match fit and we just don't trust his fitness or there's something going on there. Um, I don't want to get too whiskery. right? I don't want to do that. I think it's easy to forget how good that player is. Of course, he's been out a long time and he struggled to stay fit. And that's been an issue. We did just buy a player who we think is not exclusively, but largely a factor on the side of the pitch that Smith Rowe would like to be a factor on the side of the pitch. And oh, by the way, there's another guy on that side of the pitch that has the starting job. It it feels a little crowded. And you can easily find yourself going down a bit of a rabbit hole of what could happen to Smith Rowe's Arsenal career if we don't start to see him coming back. It's easy to forget. It's just two seasons ago that he rescued our season. You know, I don't want to say saved Arteta's job. That sounds melodramatic, but, you know, gave us a lifeline in a season that was circling the drain. And I always forget him in my. For,
2: yeah. I always forget in my analysis I always forget him, yeah. and and I find myself thinking about Vieira a lot more. I, I've, I've seen a bit more of him recently, you know. and I think it's a player yep. bubbling under the surface there. But the reason why it doesn't pop to my mind is I, I'm just so cautious with him injury wise in my own head. And sometimes yeah. when you end a game playing with a Smith throw, it's better pace wise you know where the game is he's a bit more broken and I think it's just a smarter way to introduce a player back from injury in our minds oh he's got to start he hasn't got to start he's got to build up (laughs) he's got to build up his minutes that's the key thing so how many minutes do you want to give him do you want to give him the first half take him off or do you want to give him the last half hour when he can really impact the game do you want to give him the first half when the game's at 100 miles an hour when he could when he could overstretch when he hasn't played for a long time it's a choice for the, the sports scientists, right and but I I think he's I think he's a very intelligent soul scar type substitute, Smithrow. rowe uh, mm. one of his best parts of twenty two was when he did have that period when he wasn't quite fit. He was coming to a bench and he was scoring every game. I think he yep. sees the game, I think he's very clever. He knows where to run, he accelerates the game. I, I think he's a very smart footballer. One touch mm. finishes around the area, very clever, timing of runs. I think he can see the game when it's broken. And so I always think of him as that player, 12-man player. But until he gets his legs back, and then he'll sort his own career, and cold career path.
1: I think if he can come off the bench and score in every single game for the rest of the season, that will be an important role. So let's, <laughs> let's look for him to do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the thing that's tough too, right, is you know me, I, I like to say, you got to rotate, you got to give rest. But we're in this weird cadence where w- they don't need rest yet. Right, like they don't play again for another eight days. They haven't played basically for a week. The fixtures aren't compressed; they're going to get compressed, but they're not right now. So you have a weird situation where if you don't use your starters, you go into the Everton game, and they haven't played in two weeks. And is that good?
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is why I I think it's going to keep
1: them warm. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's why I think it's going to be a a good day for the squad to share the minutes Mm -hmm. around. I mean, you take out the ones that are overloaded. You know, and, and the club will know which ones they are. For me, the, the two that stick out to me as loaded are potentially Saka and uh, Gabriel, right? They're the two that look loaded to me. You know, so I would I would definitely look after them.
1: I think where I'm not concerned, but like where I think the manager would be frustrated is losing El Neni because you know I've never been a huge El Neny guy, but I think El Nenny is trusted and Sambi is not, and that's important. Whatever I think mm. of El Nenny's skill set, I think that El Neni is trusted to ape the party role, admittedly not with the with the same uh talent or the same capabilities, but to at least perform it in a in a responsible way that the manager trusts. And I don't think that Sambi is. And that puts us in a situation that we may have to discuss as it relates to transfers.
2: Hence my yeah. Saka in the six discussion earlier. I I, I want to see Saka him do it. Sorry, Shaka oh, sh- in the sh- sh- Saka, Saka in the sorry. six. Apologies.
1: Yeah. Saka to wanna... probably play any position. To be
2: <laughs> I want to see I want to see that. I just want to see him back in the middle there and see how it looks. And um people say, oh, it won't work. He's too close to his own goal. He'll do something stupid. We're a different team now. And if he's got targets mm-hmm. ahead of him that can look after the ball, then we go from there. So... I I I want to see us look at the the non party team and have a dependency on somebody else because whatever party plays we don't lose and that's factually correct right so um so yeah I just want to see that position looked after in a different way.
1: I know there are some that would say well maybe Kiviuor is an option there or maybe Ben White is an option there right I mean there, there's there's <laughs> The perpetual opinions. Arsenal play a center back at defensive midfielder debate, I don't think that's the way it's going to work. And I think you have to remember, like, maybe not in the City game, but in most games, Arsenal are playing so high up the pitch. That's not a sit-in-front-of-the-back-four-and-shield position anymore. And so yep. I think the days of let's put a center back there don't really work for a number of reasons. Um, well, let's let's do one more thing on this game. Do you... How do you see this game playing out in terms of the heat of it? Do you see this being a put a marker down, both teams wanting to punch the other in the mouth a little, intimidate them ahead of the next game, show what they're about? Or do you see this being a really polite, friendly game of two teams that are tapping each other on the shoulder a little bit, poking at each other a little bit, saving their haymakers for that midweek game that's coming up in a couple of weeks?
2: I think City want to punch us in the mouth. I just get this feeling. Um, They... They have a chance
1: to set the media narrative, right? Oh, they yeah. come up against City and they and they folded and you know this is this is how it's gonna be in the in the league.
2: Yeah, I, I think they wanna do us, but I I have to say something. I think since the May United game, when all of us have been doing mental laps of honors in our heads, right, and been over you know, massively excited and the, the social media content has been gold. It's just been wonderful. And um but there hasn't been much um laps of honor coming out of the club. I think the club have been really quite stoic. You know, just a normal press conference on a normal day. No big player spreads really, little bits and pieces, but nothing celebratory. I really like that. I really like the the seriousness coming out of the club. You know, we're, we're a serious football team that's trying to get better. We haven't done anything yet. We just had half a season. That's all it is. Despite how we all feel, we are halfway through the season and, And I think that's almost been restated this week. Give the players a day off, they come back in on Tuesday and and we go again and build up to the upcoming games when we do get a bit more compressed. And this is the time to put energy in the tank when we need to empty it. So the fact that we don't need to play people is good because we can just rest them up a little bit and look after them and just give them 20 minutes, keep them topped up. I think that's really important. So I really like the vibes coming out of the club this week. The fact that there's been hardly any vibes, I really like that. And to keep our feet on the ground is very important. People will turn on us very quickly if we start getting the open top bus out in January.
1: The host gets caught on mute. That is a yeah, quality contribution. I enjoyed really. that. Well I done. enjoyed that. Yeah, I I'll let it go that, as well. My best contribution in <laughs> months. Um, people are like, "What is? What is this?" I hear birds <laughs> chirping. I hear angels singing. Um, I could have spoke. Well, it's all gone it. now. It's all gone. Uh, I ruined it, and you blew it. Uh, so, we've talked about the FA Cup game with City. I want to talk about the the league games a little bit and some title point totals with you. But there is another cup. It's the Europa League, mm. and This one I find myself more torn on because I can't quite get, like, look, we wanted to win the Europa League in years past because it gets you in the Champions League. We're in the Champions League now. It's It's an impossibility that we fall out of it. That's done. Book it. It's done. You can't fall out of it. It's done. So, given that that's done.
2: I'm not there yet. Completely
1: and totally done, confirmed, booked. It is the reality that the Europa League is a European trophy. And it'd be neat to win it. I can't decide how much I care. I, I think I care, but I can't decide. I know up against the title, I don't care at all. That those games, when you look at where those games are going to come from, Clive, and what we're going to mm-hmm. be up against at that por- portion of the season, those are the ones that I really were. Those Thursday games away in a in a competition we don't need when there's you know, Newcastle at the weekend, Chelsea at the weekend, City midweek, and then there's next week we play twice. Like, April's going to be a disaster, a mess. March March as well, unless we're out of the Europa League. I, I just can't get to the point of caring enough to think we should commit to it. I also understand, was it, it was, not the invincible season. I feel like there was a season where Arsenal... It was the invincible season. We went on Champions yep. League and FA Cup in the in the same week. Yeah, but terrible. We went on to be invincible, right? And like that—that's something we have clung to as a club forever. I think there's something similar on offer here. And if we wanted the FA Cup now and the Europa League at the first time of asking and won the title, no one would care. How on earth does Mikel approach a competition? It would be fun to win, but pales in comparison to the, to the league.
2: That week, because you
1: could wind up with nothing. You could roll the dice, get to 94 points. Get pipped to the title at ninety five points why and have nothing that? at the end of the
2: season. Yeah, why say that, what? right? So uh, basically, uh,
1: you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just you, I mean, you brought me back to points,
2: you brought me back to the losing to Man United at Villa Park week and Wayne mm-hmm. Bridge on the. I think it was a Wednesday night in the Champions League, and I still think it's
1: one of the most painful, most painful moments as an Arsenal fan is the Bridge goal because uh, I think we win the Champions League that season. Forget the, you know, forget the Barcelona tie.
2: The walk I was at that game. The walk to the train station was like a funeral march. I will never yeah. get it. the single lowest point of my Arsenal watching life, without yeah. a doubt, because
1: lower than Paris, they, you think.
2: Oh, Paris was fun. Well, I was in a lovely hotel. I was there for a couple of days. <laughs> we were in the biggest game in the world. We're playing the two best teams in Europe. We knew we were the two best teams. Yeah, it was a bit emotional, but at least we were there, right? We were there. And we and so, were
1: slightly past our peak, right? We knew we were we, we were crushed. there. We, were we should the have won the it. The we it. should have
2: won it, but we were there and uh he just got snapped away from us with a decision, right? So um but we were so close. But I that doesn't hurt as much as Wayne Bridge. I don't know why. Um, People may disagree with me. I feel the
1: same, for what it's worth.
2: But because we knew we were the best team in Europe and we should have won you, that team was a trophy short, right? We we know it, right? So, um, but funny enough, our European record is is not befitting a club of our size. And I I want the Europa League more than I want the FA Cup. Um, I also need to have a better European track record. It's not good enough. It generally isn't we need to get to for me to get to the right place. And this is why the city game is important in it. Cause we need to find out what we got, you know, we, and how do you find out? You only find out if you give the guys time to play, you know, so play them, find out what you got. Then you know, by how much you can focus on how much you can rotate when the country rope league games come and you're going Thursday, Sunday again, you find out what you got. It's a really got. good point.
1: Cause, mm. Cause Clive, if, if, Smith Rowe and Tressard and Vieira can go to the Etihad and play, even in a game you don't necessarily win but look good, then the manager feels like he's got a much easier decision to make when it's Monaco or, you know, yeah. that's probably not even a team in the, in the Europa League. But you know what I mean? One of those kind of teams away in, in a Europa League tie. It, again, this goes back to does a winning culture matter? Will it dent our title Challenge if we crash out of the Europa League to a team that we view as smaller than us. Well, it didn't dent our title challenge when Brighton kicked us out of the league cup. And how happy are we we didn't have to play midweek of this week, right? And we don't have to play midweek of next week. So I I don't know, Clive. Like to me, I, I understand culture. You know that I've I've warmed to it. I think these are competitions that if you could get out of them and get out of them in a way that doesn't like humiliate you. Yeah. You're better well, off for
2: it. If you can think, you know, if you can think of it, like you know, we all pick our first 11 tonight, and I don't like doing it. As you guys have just discovered, I don't like doing it um, because when you go into training and you're in the dressing room, mate, there's not 11 players in there. There's 26, and they don't want to be. They don't want to feel like there's never a chance to play football matches. Right, don't you want to have feel like to a remember
1: vestigial appendage. Yeah, yeah.
2: you have <laughs> to remember department. that. You have to remember that. That I've selected teams in my time. The hardest thing is leaving people out, big games and finals and things like that. You got to look them in the eye. It's hard, mate. You have got to make. You can't say you like someone, you trust someone, and when the moment comes, you don't select someone. You know, play them, find out what they got for those Europa League games, and keep that squad harmony. Ongoing, I think it's the most important thing. There's harmony all around the club at the moment. Everywhere you look, you know, everywhere you look, we want to make sure it, it it's maintained in the dressing room for sure.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. I I do want to get to how many points it's going to take to win the title. That sounds like it's a one second conversation because you just name a number, <laughs> but I, I want to give you. I want to give you some some data points here that I think are interesting, and then we're going to shift gears a little bit to transfers and squad. I think Aaron Ramsdale gave a really interesting interview uh, for a podcast, not ours, sadly. Um, But (laughs) I do want to I do want to reference it. But here is the interesting thing: there was a thread on Twitter. Not I don't want to say alarmist. I don't think that's what he meant. It was Miraz AFC, Miraz AFC on Twitter, talking about how City won the league from second place. I think you shared it. I think it's how it came on my timeline. (laughs) Um, Against, it's the season where they pipped Liverpool to the title. Um, What was the final total that season? Was it 97 to 96? 98 to 97? 97 to 96, I think. Yeah. I can't imagine getting 96 points and not winning the title. I, I don't know how you recover from that. But he makes the point basically that at the halfway mark, Liverpool had 51 points. One more point than we have now. Man City had 44, so they had a seven-point gap. Man City went on to basically win every single game except one. They took 54 points from 19 matches, and they wound up finishing on 98 points, and pipping Liverpool did the title. And sort of talking about why that, you know, this... This whole idea that Arsenal somehow have a divine right to win the title, and if we don't, it's a collapse, is wrong. Look, firstly, no one's going to say we collapsed if we get 96 points. No one's going to say that. Yeah, you know, Maybe the, the dumbest and the lowest of the low are going to say it. No one else is going to say it. You know, Spurs fans will. Um, but a couple of things. First of all, in that season, obviously City had played Liverpool once already. We have City twice. I do not believe City can win the title unless they beat us at least once and potentially... More than that, if we beat yep. City once, I think the title is ours. But that's beside the point. Let me let me put this in context for you, Clive. I want I want I want to just share this. This thing I looked up: City's second half points the last five seasons. It's a little scary, but hear me out. Yep. Forty six points, forty eight points, forty three points, fifty four points, mm. and forty five points. Yep. Now. If you use their halfway total, they had 42 points at the halfway mark this season, right? Because they've now played 20 games. 42 points. That would give them a range of 88, 90, 85, 96, 87. I don't think we win the title if they get to 96. I just don't. All right? All the other ones, I think it's doable. So I took the average of those, and on average, using their last five seasons of points in the second half, they would finish this season with 89 points. It's a lot. It means we need 90. Let's say we need 90 to pip them to the title. To get to 90 points, we need 40. That is an 80-point pace. Can we play at an 80-point pace for the rest of the season? We absolutely can do that. To put it in perspective, that is just six more points this season than we took each of the last two seasons in the second half. Just two more wins than the second half of the last two seasons. So to me, Clive, when you look at the numbers... And you look at it that way, as long as you don't lose to City twice, if you draw them twice or you beat them once, I don't think statistically speaking, and I realize statistics aren't the thing, you could collapse, you could lose three players to injury and finish you know, third, but it, it weirdly sounds more doable than I expected it to sound, all things being equal and understanding that football doesn't always work the way the numbers say they will.
2: <laughs> yeah I suppose it's interesting how me you look at the game slightly differently <laughs> well I know you brought that mathematical challenge to everybody I think it's a really really smart one I look at things like you know playing Man City at home on a Wednesday and having to play Aston Villa on a Saturday morning away for BT Sports joy that's the sort of thing i playing against Unai Emery I look at the soft stuff do you know what I mean I look at that and I, and I worry about that that turnaround but I also look at Man City and I look at their team. And I've generally been looking at their team. You know, so let's just go through it with a bit of flippancy, right? So Edison's <laughs> he's 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 running out of his goal like Superman and Fraying them in at the moment. He's not the same player that he was when he arrived. Carl Walker is under a little bit of pressure, that's why he's been sat on his bench while Rico Lewis is playing in the inverted role to replace Sinchenko. Well, he's not as good as Sinchenko despite his outstanding talent for an 18 year old but he's not doing what Zinchenko's doing that's for sure Cancelo's just dropped off the earth what's happened there just seriously what's happened there he needs to get his form back and that's probably a problem well, for him no them. he doesn't what are you talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a, Stop it. You know a, a, a Kanji he, he's not he's not Diaz you know he's not Diaz and, and Nathan Ake is now playing every single week I and mean, he's doing quite well to be fair but he's he's beatable he's gettable you know, Diaz and Laporte and Stones, they, that's the level that they that we're used to seeing. And all of them are going through, apart from Stones, who's, who's top class. And so, you know, Bernardo Silva, you know, he's got his eyes looking at Barcelona. You know, Gundogan, he's, he's a free transfer in the summer. I'm telling you, we all know about Haaland and he's, he's, he's we all know about De Bruyne, we all know about Foden, who's having a dip, his first dip for a while. Correos is looking better. You know, he's looking better. Morris is looking better, but he's 32, 33. Um, this is not peak city. That's what I'm trying to say. We've seen this film. They're trying to regenerate in the background. They And they, like I said, at the start of the season, it's a year of transition. I expected Spurs to be closer to us than anybody else because they were stable. They were stable manager but the guy just brings doom over that club, right? There's no joy, there's no smiles on that team, despite they're just a a vehicle for Harry Kane statistics, right? So it's not good enough from their perspective. So they're not peak city and we are growing. So we need to de-risk the areas of the team that are a problem for us injury-wise, make sure we can share minutes appropriately, but we are a growing force and we look like a hungry team. And I think the only thing that's going to stop us reaching our potential is us. I really feel that. I think it's us. Whether we get to the promised land or not, I am not bothered. I just want to make sure we perform like we know we can. And if we do, that's good enough for me. And if we get, that'll get us to the right, very close. If they do a 50 point second half of the season, mate, good luck to them. We can't deal with that. We have inbuilt excuses, at Elliot inbuilt we're, we're playing against an all-state that's had that money for many 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 years right and so they can build their infrastructure build their team they can hide failure very very easily and they can go again you know and um we can't quite do that yet but we're building and so there's no drama here there's no pressure we just need to keep going on the path that we're on
1: yeah i i think that's right and i i think you know it's it's just one of these things where it comes down to how the schedule breaks for you. And that, that, I think, is a component of this. You need to be healthy at the right time when the right games come up. It's why depth is so important. If you look at last season, if we keep a couple of players fit for the run-in, we're in the champions league this season. Now, ironically, if we're in the champions league this season, maybe we're not in a title race this season. So yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to change a thing right now. Right. I, I wouldn't touch a thing. I think we're a little unlucky because the quarterfinal second leg in the champions league is the 18th, 19th, um, which is the week before we play Manchester city. Well, I, to be fair, the Manchester city game is a midweek game. So of course it's before we yeah. play Manchester city. So that's sort of a dumb point, but, uh, but that's par for the course, but, You know, if you look at our schedule and their schedule all the way into the rest of the season, um, we've got that city, Chelsea, Newcastle, right? City away, Chelsea at home, Newcastle away, three games in a week. that, That feels like it could be sort of decisive. And what's interesting is we wrap up that run the way we wrapped up last season, right? We went to Spurs, they punched us in the mouth a little bit with the help of the referees. And then we went to St. James knowing that we could still achieve everything we wanted at St. James. This season, we're going to go to the Etihad, and maybe we're going to come away with a lip bloodied. And we're going to go to St. James, probably knowing we can still achieve everything we want this season. And my goodness, is that an opportunity to right some wrongs? Yeah. So it will be a very, very interesting run in, indeed. I want to get to some t- uh, some transfer stuff, but. One of the ways we can make sure we're fit for the run-in is by taking care of our players. One of the ways you can take care of your players by taking care of their bodies. One of the ways you can take care of your body is by filling it with AG1 from Athletic Greens. That's right. Athletic Greens is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, nutrients. See how I said the word nutrient right there? Adaptogens, probiotics. It is whole food-sourced superfoods. It's all of it. And I, I do think, look, we're all looking for things that we can do to make us healthier. And so maybe you've turned to supplements and vitamins and nutritional things and probiotics, but like by the time you have your kombucha bottles and your vitamin gummies and your probiotic gummies and all that stuff, like not only is it expensive, you're doing it all day long. It's a lot to keep track of. This is one great thing you can do at the start of your day. You put it in water, so you're drinking water, which of course is good anyway. And you're not only taking something that is going to deliver – a, a multiplier of benefits, right? So gut health, sustained energy, immune support. Um, you know, for me, like just, I I depend on caffeine. I still drink coffee, but I found that I was able to re- reduce that a little bit with AG1. So that's been good for me. But it's also the fact that it's keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free as well. So like, you don't have to worry because I think a lot of these supplements that are created are not created with different uh, dietary and nutritional approaches in mind. So this is really nicely done. It's less than the price of an expensive cup of coffee. It's a company that um, contributes a lot of money to good philanthropic causes. They have thousands of five-star reviews. You can do it right now. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Those travel packs come in handy. With your first purchase, go to athleticgreens.com slash vision. That's athleticgreens.com slash vision. Check it out, Clive. Is that enough of that? Indeed. An easy one, Claude. Nice and easy. Easy today. All right, so we're down to the last five days of the transfer window, and Mm. I think the Elneny injury does complicate things because I think, not that I think, look, people know what I think of Neni. I don't think he's a bad player or anything. I just, he's not, he's not someone I think is a difference maker for us or is going to win us a title, but I think the manager trusts him, and if the manager trusts him, the manager might be inclined to say, I can get by with party and Elneny, and then Sambian Reserve for now. But I don't think he can do that if this is a substantial Elneny injury, which it sounds like it may be. Now, maybe he's talking it up a bit to try to get the money. <laughs> I don't know. But he's certainly talking it up a bit. Where do you think this leaves us? Because we're linked with Zubamendi in the summer, which I, I think would be a pretty exciting signing. Obviously, Declan Rice is a summer signing we're strongly linked with, but I don't see happening. It's, it's not going to happen in January. So... Will, do we need to do something in midfield will we do something in midfield what's your take on that area specifically and, and how much of a pain point it could become if we don't get something done there
2: well El Nelly did he cost us Madrid in the summer right the, his injury towards the end did it cause did it cause us to pivot who knows? So, And then he could be a major <laughs> player in our season, his health, right? And and how we react right now. So, there's a few names out Let me just go through them because I love a Twitter rumor, right? So, I'll go through, through. Right. Please so go there, through them. Please go it is Anana out of Everton at the moment? Um, very six foot five centimeter, very good. Is he a six? Is he an eight? I just like him. I like his vibes. Is he good enough on the ball? Not sure, but he does. He moves across that pitch very nicely, and he and he, and he carries. And I think we're a team for the carriers, apart from maybe one player who plays in the left eight for us. And uh, everyone else can carry the ball really, really nicely. So um, I like him. Moises Caicedo at Brighton. The price is seventy five mil very much a punchy two-way player with good ability on the ball, good energy. I think energy is very important for Arsenal. I don't think we as when we watch the game now, I don't think we deal with people who jog. I don't think we like it. You know, there's a there's an energy that gets transmitted from the pitch to the to the stand and to the T V screen. If a player drops below that, I think we're we're after them a bit. Do you know what I mean? I think we see a developmental point we can get past. So I like it I say energy. Uh, Zubamendi, interesting thing about him, I think he's got a 55 mil um, release clause. Arsenal's supposedly bid, but he wants to stay at his hometown club. I think he's real Sociedad. And that's an area where Arteta was born. And I read that him and Zubamendi share the same agent. So What's this space on that? Now, Barcelona wanted to have him as the Busquets replacement. He is a true six, mate. Nothing else. True six. You build a team around him. That's it. All right? So, Declan Rice story is out there, and it's out there now with everybody, and Declan Rice is, is flashing his eyelashes at Arsenal and potentially wants to come. And I think it's a very smart thing from his perspective, because I think technically and tactically, I think he's reaching a limit. Uh, and I think he needs to get to a. Sometimes I love to see players pick their teams and coaches more, rather than look at the bank balance. It's very hard. But could you imagine Declan Rice in Arteta's hands? What he could do with him? How he could change how he sees the ball, make him better? Because at the moment he's 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 not bad on the ball in certain body shape positions, but he's not party good on the ball, you know. But he is a very good Granite Shaka option. Because I think he's a, I think he's a put a cape on player. I think he's a Superman player, a one and a half jobs player that goes into the box, passes into the box, carries into the box. I think I think Arteta could put ten goals on him, easy with long shots, and I think he could be anything at twenty four. Energy wise, physically, he bestrides the pitch. I've seen it in my own eyes. He just all over the place. Why would you pin him down as a six for me? I wouldn't. I would have him going and causing problems in the front five. I really would. But make him a two-way player. I think he's really interesting. So they're the sort of names, Elliot, that are out there. Will we go and do... There's another player to watch out for, just a sneaky one, a guy called Jonathan Bamba out of Portugal. He's played centre-back and centre-mid. And I've watched him while a part of my scouting, in case you ever needed me to. And he's a tackling centre-mid very good tackling player not bad you know on the YouTubes you see loads of diagonals so I'm not sure if he's really good at press resistance wise but he's a tackler and I think that's where Sambi misses out as a six I don't think he's a tackler I think we missed that ability to jump out and get people and so one to watch there he's got a very good CV and lots of people looking at him and there was a there was a tweet out there saying he's agents in London so watch out for that one as well so, yes, I'm giving you yeah. the, the true Twitter rumors today. I don't think there's anything else. I hope I've not missed anybody. But do we need to do something? Yeah, I think we do. I really think we do. And I think we do because of the opportunity that's in front of us and what you've just spoken to on the podcast. The potential squeeze of the schedule, games following each other, multiple competitions, Mate, it's taking us in the face, isn't it? That we need to do one more thing, one more thing.
1: It it sure feels like it. And it's funny because it's interesting how, you know, all we talked about, we we need a forward, we need a striker, we need a forward, we need a striker. Like, is it Felix or Mudrick or is it Felix and Mudrick? And then you Mm. get Troussard and you look and you're like, we need a midfielder. Oh my gosh, how did we not notice we need a midfielder? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like we're only capable of keeping one thought in our head. But like, I, I think part of it for me, is I trust our system so much right now that I feel like as long as we have the players who can score the goals, because that's the hardest thing in football, the yeah. system will cover a lot of flaws. But as I start to think about a scenario where Sambi has to play a lot, I just, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm picking on a player, but I think when we've seen him now, the confidence, I i don't go straight to confidence in all factors usually, but I think with this player, it looks like someone who doesn't feel a part of the group. Now to be fair, I say that when the celebrations are happening, be- he's, United straight on and stuff the like, he's there, he right. He's straight on the pit. Like it's easy to, oh, you know what? It is so easy in football to think, you know, what's in the mind of these players, especially from one scene that I have overquoted from all or nothing. I know that. Yeah. Um, it may be the case that Sambi is grinding his ass off waiting for the opportunity to play and he's exactly. going to start Friday and we're going to see a player raring to go. So I don't, I don't want to go too big. Midfield does feel like a need, but I thought, have you seen the Aaron Ramsdale interview he did on a podcast? I don't I haven't think seen it's a football it. podcast necessarily. It like might be a general culture podcast, but he was very candid, a little concerned about the outfit he was wearing, but that's not, neither here nor there. Uh, we're baseball old. cap shirt unbuttoned with a tie like it was interesting I, I love Ramsdale. though. i could listen to him talk because he's candid he's very candid and he yeah. was talking about transfer rumors he knew versus transfer rumors he didn't know and how the players know and he's like talking about ones he didn't know he's like i kind of knew with jesus because of what was on social media i didn't really know with zinchenko that one was a stunner he's like but the trissard one like you heard a rumor and happened all of a sudden he's there and they were talking to him about like don't the players know or you know wouldn't it be good for the players to know and he said nah because you know what if you're a guy who plays the position of a player that club's bringing in and you have time to think about it, all of a sudden you might be like, hey, wait, they're bringing in this guy for my position. And it gives you a chance to start to get worked up. You know, and he's like, he said this as an exact quote, sort of. Troussard's not coming in to be a squad player. He's coming in to take someone's place. That's exactly what Ramsdale said. Now he said, I'm not saying he's going to get anyone's place. He's like, but that's how he's thinking about it. He's not thinking I'm a squad player. He's coming in to take someone's place. And as a player, when the club signs someone in your position, you know they're coming to take your place. I thought that was fascinating. Because Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, and Troussard all play the same position primarily. They can all play other positions, but they all play the position primarily. What do you think of that of Ramsdale being that open about it, saying Tresard's here to take someone's place? And what do you think about the dynamic? Because we feel like the dressing room is so right. It shows you that a signing also has to be someone who's hungry for someone's place, but hungry in the right way, where it doesn't destabilize the group. And I think that's gotta like I was I, I have to admit, I was lying awake last night thinking, gosh, when Jesus comes back and Kedia's head might drop. Can you imagine being Eddie and Ketty and having to go back to the bench after what you've achieved? Like, these these dynamics are complex. So, how do you think? How do you think about what Ramsdale said there and the the addition of these players, and you know how that how that impacts this very finely poised, excellent uh, culture we have in the dressing room right now?
2: It's just, it's, it's just squad management, mate. It's squad hierarchies. And when Ramsdale came in originally, I think um, the manager said to him, look, you know, wait to come in, push the goalkeeper. Burns going to be our number one. But by next season, you might be number one. And he went, oh, yeah, thanks a lot, cheers. Signed on dotted line and said, right, I'm going to have his shirt. And that's what you do. If you're a professional that's gone through many different phases of youth development, loans, and you get to Arsenal Football Club, you don't sit there and just go, oh, yeah, thanks very much. I'll just sit here quietly on the sideline. No, you want to rip the shirts off their backs. And that's what you want. You want people to rip the shirts off your back. I've got a story for you. a friend of mine who was at a club. And he he came for the youth team, got his pro contract, walked into the first team dressing room and took the captain's shirt off the peg and said, I'm here now. And the rest of the dressing room looked at him and said, you're mad. And he sat in the captain's chair and within a year that same player was playing for England. You've got to have that mentality. You've got to have it. You've got to have it. You really do. You've got to want to kill people to get into the shirt. They all, And everyone would expect the same from each other. They, they, it's, a, it's a highly competitive, ruthless world. And they understand what you have to sacrifice to get to this level of athleticism and technical ability. You have to sacrifice a lot. So they're already part of the same family because of the level that they're at. There's only so many people that can do this. So they already know they're all different and special. Now it's about competing for the final thing, which is the first team show on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, well said. I think, like, it is so weird because I don't think many of us doing this pod or listening to this pod have a job where someone in your work is there specifically to try to take your job away and make it their job, right? That is a uniquely sports, maybe not uniquely, but a fairly uniquely sports type scenario. Um,
2: they get and, compensated, Elliot. We just read this week that Cedric's getting a good, good number in his wage, grand a and, week. and he's not yeah. keen to move. Uh, he's a free transfer, and so obviously it's I'm all about our somebody. ability to pay. But yeah, you, you get paid, to right?
1: Come across like I, I don't want to come across like I'm boasting about my ethics and my morality. I am willing to be a good member of the dressing room and sit on the bench for half of what Cedric <laughs> is getting, literally half. <laughs> I will take the fifty thousand pounds a week, and I will be the best member of the dressing room. Believe you me, and he's meant to be um, a very
2: good one, by the way. So I've been reading. Mm, so fair play I, to him. Yeah, him play. and
1: Rob Holding, man. You know they they got it. They got it going on in the dressing room. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's right. It it is just interesting, and I think we do this as fans, right? We live minute to minute. We really do. And the hardest thing in the world is to to zoom out. You know Martinelli's the one right now that some people are like he's not playing well, and I'll admit I've contributed to that somewhat. Th- not that he's not playing well, but that I think his level has dipped a bit. You really like what he's contributing right now. That player is looking at two hungry guys in Smith Rowe and Tressard who will feel there's an opportunity there. Does the manager yeah. feel that way? Maybe not. You know, but but that's you know that's that may be more a fan thing than it is a reality in terms of what the manager expects of their player, right? You, have, you cannot think of players as guys who, who perform in a linear way, game to game to game to game. Yeah. You, you've got to be willing to ride some of the dips if you want to get to some of the peaks, you know?
2: Let's talk about Martinelli for a second, right? So mm-hmm. t- flying, absolutely flying towards the World Cup, Mina miles an hour, smashing it left front and center with Jay-Z there. The combination was unreal. Right? so what happens mm-hmm. he gets into the World Cup squad for Brazil we all know what that means to a young Brazilian player right? so he's mm-hmm. probably the last man in the squad not only does he get into squad he gets significant time does quite well can you imagine the mental emotional drain on him Brazil get knocked out he's straight back with Arsenal mm-hmm. Gets back if Arsenal comes back into the squad. Jesus is injured now. So his partner in crime is now gone. As Tim raised a great point in the last podcast about Martinelli maybe dipping slightly because Jesus isn't there. And we all saw well, that partnership. Fair,
1: I'll throw one thing in there because I, th- I said this in the rewatch, Clive, and I want to say it again for people who haven't heard that Martinelli and Eddie Nketiah exchanged zero passes in the United game. A game we yeah. totally dominated in position and possession. Martinelli and Nketiah exchanged zero passes. That exactly. That dynamic, that partnership, it and this—that's not a criticism. It's just a change. Just
2: change. It's everyone's adapting to. And, and 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 I thought Tim made a great point. And and Eddie's taking up the slack mm-hmm. and the goals that Martinelli and Chaka may score when Jesus is there. You know, because it's slightly different. In the end, we're getting the results. So it doesn't really matter how we do it. But then you have to zoom out and appreciate what a young player is doing and how he's having to change his role, maybe stretch the game and stay wider and be slightly different and maybe not maybe not rotate as much as he does in-game when Jesus is there. And then, of course, he comes back from the World Cup. And because we haven't got the wide men in the reserve, he can't come back and rest. He has to come back and play and play every single game and start every single game. He even started at Oxford. right? Every single game he has to start. And now we've got a bit of depth. He can maybe sit for a week Elliot, And then when he comes back out, he's back on the Kawasaki, right? He's zooming around the corner. And so this is what we have to do. We have to manage these. Recognise the moment to rest them, so they fill up the well again, and off they go. and We can judge them accordingly. I know you you love to play, and we all do. But I think sometimes I'm, I'm, I said this on the last podcast. I'm almost trying to analyse how we analyse and step back and go, okay, why is that? Why is that only a seven out of ten today? Let's have a look at it. And I think that's what we try. All of us try to do, really. But I think they're young men, right? They can't. They're not machines. Go look after him. Go look after
1: him. Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to. I think um, I think, it, it's got to be hard as a manager with the intense scrutiny that they face and the moment-by-moment moment reality of the league and hard for a player to play through the lulls in their performance, right? Even if you're mm-hmm. 10% off your game. It's interesting, right? Because if you think about Saliba, Saliba came back from the World Cup in rough shape. If we had a hot shit young defender we liked... There'd probably be people calling for Saliba to lose his place as a result of it. That's a what great
2: happened? example.
1: Saliba played. He's now looking back to his best, and nobody's saying Saliba should be dropped or anything like it. But in Martinelli's position, where suddenly we have a bright new signing and we have a, a, an academy kid who's back from injury, that, you know, th- there's a saying in NFL football the most popular guy in town on a losing team is the backup quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, because everyone presumes that guy will be the savior. And I think we're not a losing team, far from it. But I think there is always the case with your attack that the most popular attacking player is the guy on the bench raring to get on and show what he can do. Because we project that he will do all the things that aren't being done right now. So I think having that patience is important. Let's do this. Um, I think we can just about leave it there. I want to just finish by asking you, aside from the media who will spin everything because that's what they do, I get it. How invested are you in not watching the game and being excited by the game, but the outcome of the game tomorrow against Manchester City. How invested do you feel?
2: I'm not super invested. What I am invested in is the feeling that's crackling through all our bodies right now and positive feeling about the football club. I'm invested in that. I don't want that to go away. You know, if that was to fall away, I'll be – really disappointed i don't think it's going to you look at everything around us we're young we've got potential we're not even close to reaching our ceiling yet so this can be maintained if we're smart but that feeling you know walking around the stadium a couple of hours after kickoff and there's still people around and i bump into mike and from the goodness pod i bump into him and i, I, I and he's it's just like just people just so happy I don't want that to go away. That's what I'm invested in. You know, seeing our people happy. That's, that's it, mate. And if we, if we can maintain our performance, that will continue. Results will take care of itself. Honestly, it will.
1: I think that's really well said. I, I think as fans, much like the team, we're going to have to hold our nerve. Right? Mm. We're going to have to hold our nerve. Remember how good we are. Believe in how good we are because this is not a mirage, right? Like, short of like an injury crisis, the way we play football is not going away. But... You know, if you if you lose to City at the Etihad in the FA Cup, like we're gonna have to hold our nerve and not not overreact to that. I and I'm not trying to like soften the blow, saying it's gonna happen, but I can picture a scenario where later in the season, City have a league game rearranged for an FA Cup tie, and that league game gets put in an absolute cluster of games when they're in the Champions League quarterfinals, and it's the only midweek available, and this game gets pushed, and they're facing that problem, and we're not. When we're gonna look back on this and say. Maybe it was getting knocked out of this cup that that gave us the edge. So we'll see. You know, I know it's not easy that l- losing is never fun and getting knocked out of a cup is never fun. But like I said, I would I wouldn't have wanted to be playing League Cup midweek this week. So let's just see how it plays out. We'll leave it there. Uh nice short one for you today, because we play tomorrow. We will have an instant reaction tomorrow, but unfortunately your full pod reaction to that won't be until Monday. So You know, you have a little time off from our Shrieking Voices. Unless you're a patron, in which case, you never have any time off from our (laughs) Shrieking Voices. And we absolutely love you to pieces for it. Uh, We have some live event announcements that will be coming very, very soon. Two different locations, two different countries. So that's exciting. Get the F in. It's going to be great. Can't wait to see you all. Uh, Along with a couple other things, we have our fundraiser rolling around pretty soon. And we're going to have some pretty moving and important uh, information around that. So looking forward to that because I think... The way this community raises money for the Arsenal Foundation and, and Save the Children is one of the things I'm most proud of uh, in this podcast. So we'll leave it there. Clive's on Twitter, Clive PFC. Thanks, Clive. Thank you very much. My name's Ellie Smith. You can buy me on Twitter. Going to be love you, and of course we will talk to you after Arsenal 10, City no. <laughs>